boys and girls to another episode of K Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex breaking the loss. And Wex, how are we living today, bud? Oh, uh, you know, living pretty good. You know, like I said, told you guys earlier, took a couple shots. Burn me a little bit, decompressing, getting her to talk some uh, some wrestling, some summer slam shit, uh, leading up into the shit we're gonna be talking to later in uh, WWE. Whew. I mean, hopefully by the time SummerSlam gets here, they'll get it back on track. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, man. And back in the fold, uh, not only just a patron, but the patron saint of the Rock Block, Mr. Jesse Baker. How we living, bud? Hey man, it's been a been a couple of weeks. Glad to be back with the boys. Excited to talk some news and notes. Uh, Nashville is about to be the epicenter of professional wrestling for an entire week slash weekend here yep. coming up at the end of the month. So that's exciting. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. That is going to happen, and I'm actually going to be in Michigan, which is insanely crazy. I'm not even going to be here. It's wild. Your band. Um, yeah, no, no. I'm just. It's actually my oh. family reunion. I'm going up there. Oh yeah, we did I forgot. Like the last your your family July. comes from the north. Yeah, they're all Northmen. Uh, Norse. I don't know. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, but today we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff on the table today. It's not even. It's like this weird uh, pit, uh, hodgepodge of shows. Like we're gonna cover a little bit of Money in the Bank. We're also gonna like uh, try to continue the story of 1997. It's my favorite year in professional wrestling. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam from 1997 since we are officially into SummerSlam season. Wex, what sticks out to you about, like, SummerSlam season in general? Is there, like, a SummerSlam memory that, like, gets burned in your mind or is it just, I like, mean, a- that, I mean – I mean, it's like it's the main big show when it comes to the summer, even though it's uh, sometimes it like takes place in August. Uh, most I mean, and or late July. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's the it's one of the big four. So, you know, it's one you definitely get hyped for. And like one memory that can uh, hmm, SummerSlam. There's a lot of them. I mean, shit. I mean, this the one that What's we're like the one that about, sticks out to you the most when you think of SummerSlam, like what instantly pops into your head? Like what? Like, match? I mean, honestly, this pay-per-view Austin breaking his neck, which we'll get to like that. I like I always Solid. Austin's my favorite wrestler, as you can Solid. see behind me, you know, that always triggers the memory right there. And I think SummerSlam and then I also think of a uh, Shawn Michaels for some reason, too. I think of yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels. That, that that's o- the 05. Match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. I actually think of Taker Taker. I think that's a big one. Um, that's uh, that's one just from my my uh, underling years. But uh, Jesse, like for you, SummerSlam first memory, like the big SummerSlam moment that pops into your noggin. I'm an August birthday baby, so this is like my birthday month pay-per-view, so I always get nice. pretty hyped on it. Um, yeah. The first one I always think of, though, is uh, 92, Wembley, Bret Hart. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, good call, man. That's a man. good one. That's a good, good one. Good call. Good call. Such an epic moment for the company, such an epic moment for those two guys, and uh, especially, you know, Bulldog. That was just excellent. Yeah, like man. That. I'm a little bit too young for that one. I was only a year old, but goddamn, that's, it was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I was old enough to remember it fondly, um, and it's it's a great match. If you, I mean, honestly, all the ones that we just mentioned, like if you're trying to get in the SummerSlam mood, fire up the old cock and uh, the peacock that is, and uh, just load in uh, some of some of these matches, man. And I am excited to get to um, what's become a staple of the show, really, especially on all of our social media networks. Um, it's Wexley spills the tea. 
Mr. Wex, what are we, what are we doing today, man? What are, what are we doing? Is it uh, Arizona? Something like a no, something like a Long Island iced tea. Ooh, Long Island. Same. All right, nice and spicy. What do you got? Lots of different varieties. Start with there, WWE. But... What, what do you got going on in the Big E these days? So, uh, so the biggest thing, uh, WWE just announced yesterday, your boy Pat McAfee just signed a contract extension, which I think is fantastic. That's all he should. Uh, yeah, it's one of the best things that's happened to WWE in recent years, and uh, I'm glad to see him stay. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he has single-handedly revitalized Michael Cole's career as well. I feel like Michael Cole is his like he has just improved his game. Uh, he's a lot more related. Like uh, I feel like he has more. And it's not just because of his time, because obviously he's been around since like 97, 98. Uh, but I feel like he has more actual quality with the fans. You know what I mean? Like he has like they still trust him. You know what I mean? Like they, like we're now to a point where he has like equity with the fans. And like um, he's, he's I feel like he's being less produced, which is helpful too. Um, you know, like if you go back and listen to the, the, the Cole of 10 years ago, I, I don't know. I think that Pat McAfee himself is just is doing a great job of like bringing everything that he can to the table and helping Michael Cole get back to a great level again is is definitely his finest achievement thus far. McAfee is one of those multi-tool players and probably the first that has such an outreach aside from WWE that's actually worked long term, I think, especially on this level. And I, yeah. I, it's a fucking incredible move for the company. I totally agree. What else we got on the list, man? Uh, one thing, I guess, that was finally announced today, which there's kind of been rumors and speculation going on for weeks, but I guess Sasha Banks and Naomi have officially been removed from the internal roster of WWE. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So they're uh, they're getting the page treatment when she first uh, yeah. you know, left. Is that what's happening? I guess so. So they're officially, paid they are... Chilling. I mean, there's lots of speculation. We didn't know if they were going to come back, but I guess if they're off the internal roster, as of now, they are gone. Wow. There I mean, it makes and apparently sense there's, me. al- there's already been some uh, Sasha Banks, like non WWE affiliates affiliated signings announced. So hmm. got to jump hmm. right on it. Yeah. I mean, we'll I see mean, how that, how that all going. plays out. They might give her a cease and desist unless you, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. Um, I, mean, I yeah. uh, the, other WWE news, I mean, I didn't really keep up with Raw this week. I know Finn Balor wrestled in pants, which is really weird. Uh, I don't know if I can ever unsee what? that in my mind. It doesn't really, yeah. He's wrestling weird. in fucking pants and like these weird boots, like not kick pants. He's got a whole new fucking look going. It looks really weird. And uh, that's the only main thing that I can remember from WWE this week. Vin, the, uh, the Vince McMahon saga continues, but nothing seemed to really change except the only thing he appeared on UFC the other night and he looked a lot worse than he did on WWE TV because he's not all makeup and all, you know, looking nice for the camera. He looked pretty rough on TV, but he was there. He was – he's out there. He's out here. He doesn't Yeah, give he a looks fuck. terrible, by, by the way, guys. Like, if you've that's, ever seen him, like, I mean, he looks – I think he, he knows he's dying. super old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – yeah, it's not – it's – uh the end is – the end is nigh. Um, well, we'll see, man. I don't know. I don't know. Good old Vinny Mac. Wow. Hey, the uh, only person that looks worse than old Vinny Mac, I would say, is Bart Durham, if uh, anybody knows who that is. <laughs> yes, he's a walking zombie. He's literally like a coffin cookie just walking around straight up erect and everything. It's wild. Uh, I will say, though, Triple H looked great. Triple H looked great in that photo. He definitely did. Uh, they also announced, you know, they mentioned the WWE people and AEW had Jim Ross and uh, Tony Khan in the crowd, too, because, you know, Jim Ross loves him some fighting, some MMA. He always uh, speaks about it. 
so some really fucking interesting uh, news, not coming from WWE, uh, kind of on the indie scene here. Uh, Marco Stun is apparently starting a promotion. Stop. Just stop, dude. Yeah. Stop. He's starting a promotion like in like the Memphis, uh, Mississippi area. Why? There's no reason for that. It's just such a... I didn't tell him to. Ugh. No, he's... <laughs> Ugh. I'm just so... There's too many. There's too many places, man. There's too many places. Like that, that seems like such a misfire for somebody who has such a deep affiliation with a bunch of the touring yeah, indies. And what stuff. are you doing? Like, you can take your market and, and your territory and, and make it work without having to add yet another set of letters, you know? It's it's a bad idea all the way around. It, there's no way it lasts uh, long term. It's it's bad. Idea. I mean, honestly, he should learn from uh, the authors of pain whose promotion WES wrestling entertainment series, which seemed to be pretty promising. It looked pretty good. We were like, oh, shit, the card looks cool. You know, maybe this will be cool. But now it's been completely fucking canceled. It got yeah. rescheduled once. Literally over half the talent like canceled after they rescheduled the first time, and they only sold 300 tickets to a 10,000 seat venue. So it got shit got fucking canceled, and they were trying to blame the wrestlers like in a post like pulling out like, oh, so many of the talent couldn't make it, so we had to cancel the show. And like Nia Jax was pissed because she like publicly pulled out of it weeks ago, and they were still using her uh, image on the posters promoting it, saying she was still going to be there. And it was just uh, it's bad news, and I'm kind of disappointed because it it seemed promising at first what do you guys think about this shit i mean i feel like it did seem promising for sure and i was actually kind of excited about it but i'm not i can't say i'm surprised um i can't say that i mean it, it looked too good to be true and 99.9 percent of the time when it looks too good to be true it is too good to be true um so yeah i mean i i feel like the authors of pain uh i mean they were a cup of coffee thing anyway. So it's like when it happens, it's like, yeah, I mean, cool. Like, ho- I hope it works out for you guys. I'm a, uh, you know, this would be awesome. If it's great for everybody, the fans benefit, you guys benefit. It's a win-win that's cool. But it also it, it did feel like when I first heard about it, like the authors of pain, have a promotion now and they somehow booked all these people for a bunch of money. That's the only way I can figure it out. It's like, I think they were just like, yeah, we're just going to give you whatever you want. Like, Oh yeah, I want 25 grand for this match. Cool. We'll give it to you. No problem. And then they were like, they finally get the whole card book. They're like, oh, the card's stacked. Oh, all we got to do is come up with like four and a half million guys. We'll figure it out. And they just don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what happened. Um, Or maybe the money mark backed out. Yeah, the money mark backed out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he would have lost his ass. Yeah, I mean, come on, 300 people? I mean, God, he would have lost his ass. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's that's crazy. It seemed like the minute they announced it that there were complications, like even before the initial reschedule, and there were people like, kind of saying, well, we're not actually sure we're going to be there and stuff. And, you know, that kind of cripples it from Jump Street. But it's a shame because there is definitely a hole in the market in the UK. But, I mean, sheesh. Yeah. Yo, Jesse, so what was the promotion that was like pre-TNA that Jeff Jarrett worked in Australia? It was called like World Wrestling All-Stars? Well, or that, It was – I want to say the, the name was something close to that. I mean they did that Hogan tour thing and then – um God, what was the name of it? Yeah, I was right. WWA, World Wrestling yeah. All Stars. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That shit. That has the WES has WWA vibes. Like that's kind of uh, what it felt sure. like to me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All these dudes who used to work for the big company who don't have a job right now, like these random big names coming together for this random ass fucking show. It's that could could be good, but you know, 
They did that for a second with like XWF too. Yep, yep, same shit, dude. Like a cup of coffee down in Florida with Jimmy Hart and Hogan, Brian Knobs, and it's like. Oh yeah, those DVDs. Uh, I think I've watched a wrestling with regret. Uh, fuck. Wrestling with regret. Wrestling with regret. No, wrestling (laughs) with regret with Brian Zane. He reviewed a couple of those DVDs and. Like that's how I actually went to go watch them from watching him review them, and that shit is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's, it's you guys want to see some shit? Oh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. You should uh, post a link to it. Hell yeah, we should definitely get into that. It's all, all right. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and lean into some AEW shit. And uh, so, as we mentioned, Ring of Honor, they finally announced pay per view coming up. Uh, Death Before Dishonor, the 23rd. Nice. And FTR has already put the open challenge out for the Briscoes, who accepted for a rematch for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Yeah. Ooh, that's just that's just uh man, that's uh, I'm I'm rock hard thinking about it, baby. Yeah, I think that they're leaning on um this Briscoes thing, and I think that uh, the court of public opinion is turning in the favor of the Briscoes. I think people are like, man, eh, it's a long time ago. He said he was sorry a bunch. Blah 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 blah. Um, so it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this will work out. And I think that also they're really feeling the effects of the Jeff Hardy situation. Um, so now, I mean, like they, I mean, you broke up the Jurassic express, your, your tag team division is kind of dwindling as far as, um, actual viable threats, especially for a brand that you're about to relaunch essentially. Um, so to me, this is a, this is a win-win for everybody. I think that it helps the Briscoes. It helps FDR. It helps the brand of ring of honor. Um, it's a win-win. You also got Joe and Lethal, which is going to be a yep. guaranteed banger of a match, no matter what. Yeah, uh, exactly. Lethal is fucking like it's going to be amazing. And we got a uh, Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the Pure Title, which that should be good. I mean, those do, and they're I like, kind of like how they're keeping that feud across promotions with the same. Like I, I like that idea, kind of like New Japan and other promotions do. You can have stables across promotions, which. I think it's fantastic. It's just it kind of keeps keeps it more interesting for sure. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. I feel like it would be better for a guy like Wheeler Yuta to not be in the combat club and be like once Ring of Honor is launched with the TV show that they're planning to launch. I don't think that there should be cross pollination unless it's at a pay-per-view. I don't think like at all. Like, I don't but think I, you should be I, I able to know. be I like in, a, that in a idea, faction and have like, Moxley. You know, like Bullet and, club. Well, you'll have the one guy like and the other promotion who's still carrying the flag. But I don't like that. But it's not like they're going to be on TV every week with him, but he's still like, you know, those are his boys and he's he's still repping it. I I like that shit. I think for now it works because there is no TV for Ring of Honor. I mean, it it allows them to kind of be able to build the pay-per-view. Yeah, for now it's fine. I agree. For now it's fine. But yeah, I think once Ring of Honor has TV, they're going to have to have a separation or the brand is going to be worthless. Yes. Yes, I fully agree. I just really hope they don't try to do this like the initial brand split in like oh two, where it's like it's Raw and SmackDown, but it's really not like yeah. it's like it's Raw and SmackDown for all of three weeks before it's something else, and and it's like that. Don't you can't do that. It, Ring of Honor has to just be Ring of Honor. AEW has to be just be AEW. Separate rosters. The only time they cross pollinate is at a pay per view. Period. Period. Not not. Oh, send a guy down just like for one time for a, a feud, or send a guy. No, 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 no. Like Ring of Honor wrestlers, Ring of Honor wrestlers, AEW wrestlers, AEW wrestlers. You can have them cross at, at pay-per-views and have those quote-unquote dream matches, and that's it. Like you can't – don't not stables in both. I don't like that. don't like that. I don't like it. <laughs> well, to each their own. But as you were talking about how they broke up Jurassic Express, Christian turning heel is probably the best fucking shit to come out of that. And he – Turtleneck Christian cut another fucking – Awesome Hill promo because Matt Hardy tried to come out and be like, well, I was his friend too, and he 
said, Matt, are you kidding me? Like he's like, we've known him forever. He goes, you're starting to sound like the sober. No, Jeff's starting to sound like the sober one. And I was like, God damn. Yeah. Like that's Christians. He's been dropping nuclear fucking bombs week after week. And I love it. (laughs) Oh, the heat is great. The heat is great. I actually like, so I saw that and I like in the, in the deepest parts of my mind, I really wanted like Matt Hardy and Christian cage to like be a, duo as a as heels i feel like that's like there's some massive untapped potential there like just to be like have because i mean they just have Dude, so much Jeff gripe like back, as a heel he turns team, on him and joins oh, god so damn. good like I, yeah i mean but i i mean because to me honestly it's like heel christian versus matt hardy babyface sounds terrible to me like i have zero desire to ever have any kind of involvement with that um but I will agree that I do. I think the character that Christian's doing now is awesome. Um, I feel like he's finally getting some flowers these days, and that's great. And I'm I'm looking forward to how this whole thing pays off. I think like having a decent Jungle Boy, uh, Christian Cage, like solid thirty to forty minute match is going to be a banger for sure. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Hell yeah. Uh, well, so finally, you know, they got the shit moving in the right direction. Uh, Scorpio Sky dropped that TNT championship to Wardlow, which was great move, which they should have did yeah. weeks ago. But uh, I think that MJ, the MJF like shit really kind of like haltered uh, Wardlow, Wardlow's momentum at this point because it really like fucked up everything because he was really like going. And then it was like, oh, MJF's gone and they did like some stupid shit for a couple of weeks. I really think they should have just skipped that whole into that Sammy Guevara bullshit and went straight into the Wardlow program. No, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, it definitely hurt him, but he's still got enough steam. I mean, when he won, the, the crowd went crazy. I mean, like, oh, yeah. he, he's, he's fine. Um, and also I still, I still to this day believe that the whole entire MJF thing is still a work. And I think that this is, it makes the most sense for, you know, um, Wardlow to have the title now. And I feel like, any to any time now, maybe at the next actual AEW pay-per-view, it'll be a big surprise and MJF will come cost Wardlow the title or will help Wardlow retain the title so they can go into a feud or whatever. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, but I think that we have, uh, we have definitely not seen the last of MJF versus Wardlow. Um, that being said, hats off to Wardlow for being the TNC champion. It was a newsworthy note for sure. I'm I'm happy that Wardlow survived that stupid ass 25 security guard jabroni fest that they put him into because that was scary for a second. It's like please yeah. don't keep doing stuff like this. Like you yeah. can't ruin the guy. But Too he much. looked great, yeah. and yeah, the crowd fucking they were with it. So as long as they let the MJF heat die down just enough to where people kind of like aren't actively talking about it all the time, then that whole thing is going to work like gangbusters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people are like, oh, they wouldn't have him off TV this long. I was like, dude, it hasn't even been two months. Yeah. It has not even been two months, guys. Like, just chill. Like, it's got to be at least 90 days. It's got to be at least three months. Like, at least yeah. it has to be. Like, And whenever he just randomly fucking shows up once we just kind of forgot oh. about it, dude, it's oh. going to – the pop is going to be fucking insane. And he's he's going to be a baby face at that point, right? hundred no, percent. I don't think like, so. I don't I, think dude, so. I, I think, I or do you think, think he's just going to get that pop and then be I like, think he's going to get a baby face him and then pop. be like, fuck you. And then, you know, oh, yeah, back straight up. but yes, I think he'll get the massive baby face pop. I think we'll all absolutely love it. And I think that he will find a way to have us booing him out of the arena by the end of that entire interaction. I feel like, and I have enough faith that he is the guy that can do that. 
Oh, he's definitely capable of that for sure. It's one of those things, though, where I feel like they're so short on babies that if he comes back and gets that pop, Tony's inclination is going to be to try to run with that. But you got to listen yeah. to the crowd, too, though, because the yeah. crowd doesn't want to see babyface MJF. I have no desire to ever see a babyface MJF. I know I will at some point, but I have zero desire to see it right now. Yeah. What else we got, man? Are we done? Are we the done? Only, uh, only other funny thing that I will mention, uh, you know, in the past couple months, we've uh, saw this crazy shit with Buff Bagwell here on the social media, and it turns out it's not really Buff Bagwell doing it's all DDP, that isn't it? <laughs> no, it's some guy that was like, like grifting, like getting money from fans and selling merchandise and not giving them the money and not and like posting all this shit that wasn't Buff Bagwell and ever. It was just. Oh, that's really hilarious. weird. Some, a really weird fucking situation going Didn't on. Didn't he say here. in an interview that like Dallas Page and his team were running his Twitter account or something like that? No, I he, swear he to God, said he said Dallas something Page like that. and his. He said that's like the people helping him. He's in like some doing a documentary with him. Yeah, he, he said he has a recovery a house. He got like in a fight with somebody and had to leave. Like, oh my God, like that. So, but he's still working with him. He's just not in the same house as the rest of the people because he couldn't get along with anybody. God that damn, but. Sounds- uh, Correct. Yeah. All I know is that I saw literally a video from in the past year of him saying, like, just basically spitting some conservative right wing shit, the opposite of what he's been expressing lately on Twitter. Like, literally saying, "No, oh, Donald Trump's literally he's the best president of all time." And I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "You were just spitting this shit," but you know, people like to grift, people like to get some money. So, uh, Buff Bagwell's out here. I don't believe his story about that dude named Matt or whatever the fuck his name is who's taking the money. Buff Bagwell's taking that goddamn money. But <laughs> <laughs> you said it's just some guy grifted his fans and not sounding money and whatever. And I was like, how is that not Buff Bagwell? Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds exactly like Buff Bagwell to me. 100% grifting out here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Um, yeah, well, you know what? I think, uh, are we done with the news now? Are we done with the tea? Is the I, tea over I, with? That's the, that's the spices of the tea right there is all buff the stuff getting caught fucking fucking around. <laughs> getting, ca- getting caught. <laughs> oh, Lex, you're Cow- one of hey, a Hey, Scotty Riggs was better. Cowboysforangels.com. Never forget. Oh, my God. Never forget. American Mills. American Mills. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're into it here. Yeah, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Money in the Bank, and then we're gonna go back to 1997 and talk a little bit there in our meat and potatoes section. So this is a, I guess, an informal like Money in the Bank 2022 versus SummerSlam '97. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. And we are right back into it, man. We got a lot to cover today. It's uh, Money in the Bank happened this past weekend, unfortunately. Um, and I've been very gracious to to uh, Money in the Bank or WWE lately, but um. I uh, I got a lot to say about this one, but we're also going to cover a little bit of 1997 SummerSlam since we are in SummerSlam season. Where the uh, the full vibe is in effect. I am excited about what we have on the table here. Um, so let's just do like a broad overviews um, up top here. Um, from what you saw of Money in the Bank, where are you going? A, B, C, D, you know, like. I mean, like a C minus maybe. C minus like a little bit below average. Yeah. Not, Honestly, it wasn't yeah. like horrible, but it wasn't great. Like, yeah. I mean, there were some, there were some really good spots. I, you know what? I'll bright, give it a C. There, there were a few I'll bright spots. A, a couple of matches, two to three matches were okay. Yeah. 
That's fair. That's fair. I'll give it a solid C. I think that it was, okay. uh, it was, it was at average. Um, but I will say that it was below what they have been doing in the past. Like they've been on a pretty good tear. The past couple shows have been very good. Uh, this show, it just wasn't as good as the past few. I feel like the um, show was doomed from the beginning, being moved from the stadium to the smaller venue. I just had bad yeah. vibes the whole way. Yeah, it most certainly was not. Um, it wasn't what you expect um, from the WWE, especially, you know, just judging off of their most recent events. Uh, I thought they were on a very upward trajectory, and I really felt like. I don't know. We'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get to why I didn't like it. Let's just uh, let's just run down the card real quick here. The very first match is the women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, Liv Morgan winning the winning the Money in the Bank here was the right choice. I thought it was booked well. And when this uh, this match got like almost twenty minutes, actually more like seventeen minutes, um, but still, I mean, the, the, it was a pretty good match. It, w- it was it was a pretty well put together. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart is terrible. Yeah, I was going to say deserves to not even be in a ring. Honestly, it was not. She was terrible. And, uh, um, and and speaking on that part about that with her botches there, like she always was like giving AEW people flack and other people flack for botches and shit. And then people start giving her shit about her botch online and then she deletes her Twitter account and gets all fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, you know, don't, you know, get out of the kitchen if you can't stand the heat, you know, fuck. Yeah. You can't if you can't dish it out. Don't. Yeah. Don't criticize other people if you just if you can't take a little criticism yourself for botching. Yeah, actually, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll rescind my statement. This match pretty much sucked. The match wasn't very good, but the booking was good in putting Liv Morgan. Yeah, up. that final outcome made yeah. up for everything. That's, because, that's, what I, that's how I should have let it. You're right. Which I think is pretty funny. They were doing an interview with uh, Liv Morgan. Even you know, We'll get into it later. She ended up becoming the champion or whatever. But uh, <laughs> she was like, well, what do you see different between like you and Charlotte or you and Ronda as the champion? And she's like, uh, the people actually want me as the champion. And I was like, damn, like, ooh, oh, girl, talk damn. your shit. I, I hope she does. I, I hope she continues that vibe. Um, uh, now that we have time and, you know, we're, we're covering Money in the Bank, but we've seen what they did on Raw afterwards. And she totally cut the cheesiest babyface promo that like, oh. Oh, I didn't win the championship. We won the championship. And it's so like, that's just terrible. Like, it's just that's the wrong way to go. Um, I think give her a little more attitude, but that's, yeah, I don't know. Whoever wrote that shit needs to be but, fired. But for this show, for this show, it was the right call to, to give her oh, the yeah. money. To Definitely. Um, the next match on the card is Bobby Lashley versus, uh, Austin theory or just theory for the U S title. The match itself really wasn't very bad. They didn't get a whole lot of time. Uh, they got about 10, 11 minutes. Um, and Lashley won. Um, you know, a theory tapped out that, you know, that happened. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense for him to move on to something else for Lashley to get the secondary title and be the up and coming baby face. It makes sense. I like that. Um, then we move on to Bel Air versus Carmella. Terrible match. We're just going to keep going. Um, uh, the Usos yeah, Carmella's garbage. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, the Usos versus the street profits was very, very, very good. It was definitely match of the night. Um, I mean, the street profits are really coming into their own and you can say what you want about the bloodline or Roman Reigns, the Usos or whatever. Oh, it's all tired. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Usos bell to bell are just as good as any other tag team in professional wrestling period. Um, and, and the street profits are well on their way and they're being groomed to be an iconic WWE tag team. And this match was awesome. Like had a very controversial finish because, uh, I do not think that, uh, 
Montez Ford's shoulders were all the way down on the mat there, and they lost the belts, which was kind of lame. But, hey, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Montez Ford is going to be a fucking single star. He's going to be the man. Oh, for sure. But at he's, the same time. He has so much fucking charisma, and he has the look. He's he's going to be the man. And I, I know think, they're already trying to tease a storyline of them breaking up because Vince probably is just like. Yeah, I don't like that. Let's. I don't know. Vince definitely has a fucking bad habit of breaking tag teams up prematurely, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll keep it rolling here. Uh, there was another women's championship match. It's Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Uh, it's exactly what it sounded like. It was Ronda it Rousey sucked. versus Natalia. It was not very good. Um, it was about 13 minutes. So that was fine. Now I will say that Liv Morgan coming out and cashing in was an exciting moment. That was the yeah, best that's way. That's the only it. thing that mattered. Like if you rate that, Separate from the match, that's fucking five stars. Great, sure. fucking fantastic. It's awesome because sure. fuck Ronda Rousey, right? Yeah, I think that she – I mean I don't know, man. Like I feel like she gets it. Like she's like I came in here to make as much money as I could while I could. I don't think she expected to have a very long run. And honestly, to me, the fact that she was like, yeah, you know, like I'll go down to, to live and I'll hand her the title and like that's fine. Like I feel like that makes sense. And I don't think we're going to see much more of Ronda Rousey at all. Like I just don't. No, I, think I actually her, heard she didn't even want the title to begin with. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, yeah. I, back. I, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's out. I mean she came in. She's under contract. She came in and – Worked for the company when they needed her work, and that was it. And she put Liv Morgan over. She did. So it's like, I mean, she's got maybe one or two more of those left in her where she'll come in and put somebody over or come in and win a, a couple of matches and do have a shorter run. But I, I don't think that she's um, going to be the, the Brock Lesnar that they thought she was going to be. And I think she's totally cool with that. Um, so whatever. I mean, it's just obviously it's not working. So hope wish her well. You know, I don't, I don't think I don't think it's her fault is what I'm saying. You only live once. Peace. Yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, so then the, the last match is the main event here. It was also very cluttered. It wasn't a very good uh, Money in the Bank match to begin with. Um, there's just too many unproven guys that weren't very good. Um, yeah, I mean, and then Theory wins. And, it, like, Theory gets in it. It's just that's the worst booking, man. It's just that you could have done so much better than that. Like, you <laughs> It, it just, it's just not, it, it's bad. It's bad. It's just not booked well. Yeah. Theory's fucking whack. He's not definitely not ready for that position. Yeah. It's just, and I feel fast. like they're going to book and I love too it. hard I and too like quick, theory. just like they did Roman Reigns and people are going to like it. Yeah. He's just, yeah, it's just not, it, it's just too fast. Like he, I, I like, I do really like theory. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's got a, a very bright future. I think he's going to be a star for a very long time, but this is all happening way too fast. Like they got they slow Baron Corbin, his ass, and he doesn't actually get to cash in or doesn't win the title. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Overall money in the bank though. was, yeah, I see it like, wasn't, do you really see great. Austin theory pinning Roman reigns? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely exactly. Not. So, I mean, I'm really hoping that we see, you know, I'm really hoping that we see Rollins, you know, have some kind of a baby faceish run, uh, which he kind of, or even just keep him tweener, like just kind of keep him tweener, even keep him doing his, uh, his gimmick, the way he's doing it and have him. I mean, I would much rather see, I, I really do hope that Reigns beats Lesnar and he retains the title and I hope that he keeps it until Mania, and I hope Rollins beats him. I hope that's what happens. Um, or at least keeps it until Rumble, and Rollins beats him at Rumble, and then maybe Cody wins at the Rumble. 
And Cody wins the title against Rollins for like the very last, you know, like the fourth time or whatever, fourth time beating Rollins. I feel like that would be super great story, but yeah, everybody wants to see Cody Rollins. We just got to give it time, give it time, give it time. Yeah, we'll baby. see it again. We'll see it again. But, um, speaking of things that I could watch again and again and again and again, it's 1997. Let's jump into the SummerSlam season. The first, uh, SummerSlam we're going to cover this season. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's SummerSlam 1997, man, it was, uh, it was it, it was one for the ages to be honest with you. They opened them they opened the show with Mankind versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley in that blue steel cage. You Classic know, still, blue steel. I yeah. love that. What are your uh, what are your favorite cage. like blue steel cage memories? Just I mean when I was a kid, literally up until they did like hell in a cell, but even like Austin versus uh Vince McMahon at St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the blue steel just painted black. I mean, that that's that classic steel. Just when I think of steel cage, that's just what you think of as a kid. Like Hulk Hogan, uh, King Kong Bundy, uh, fucking. It's Brighton Owen for me. Brighton Owen in the blue cage. That was like, that's the one to me. But yeah. I just think of, even though it's painted black, I think of Austin McMahon. But still, it's that style of cage. The bars, it's. And I think it's because those cage matches were better too. I mean, I know they hurt more, but they were better. I mean, this match yeah, is a prime better. example. Mankind versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley in this match was great. You see, like, uh, you know, that the dude love moment, you know, with him ripping his shirt and he's got like the smudged makeup or whatever. It was a great match, man. He even and, got a Cactus Jack moment, got a little bang yeah. bang there too. Even before Cactus Jack was even a character on yeah. WWF yeah. TV, yeah, he teased yeah. it. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's a really good match. You get a, a sick, sick head bump that Mick takes from China with that door, man. Like that steel bar door just, I mean, she knocked the shit out of his head with that thing, man. It Dude, was insane in that spot, man. I don't understand how Mick Foley doesn't have CTE at this point. Oh, he has to. He has to. I mean, like I, he's doing good I mean, if he has it. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah, he's doing well. He's he's. He's taking this fish oil and eating his omega threes, but I don't know. Whatever he's doing, God bless Mick Foley. I hope he stays on this earth for a very long time. Uh, the hey, next I, match, I though. Want, wait, I just want to say one thing about this match and this whole thing. We've been covering them more of the 1997 and watching their feud. And honestly, after thinking about all their matches, I'll say that Triple H and Mick Foley had a better rivalry with better matches than Undertaker and Mick Foley in the WWF. I agree. I like, fully agree. Some of the best. Some of our Triple H, Triple H is Mick Foley's best opponent. Period. Dude, exactly. Triple H and Mick Foley. I'm glad you agree that they are like money together, and especially seeing the progression from this era. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, and 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 we're in 1997 here. I mean, they they have arguably one of the best pay-per-view matches in the modern era in Royal Rumble 2000. Exactly. So, so this run with these two guys going through it, becoming friends when man, you know, mankind have a nice day, mankind with the uh, button up shirt and DX kind of become buddy, buddy. Um, they, they go through their ups and downs. And I, I mean, yeah, this is great, man. This, this, this show is a really good show. It's a pivotal moment for me as a fan and my like wrestling fandom, um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to keep going. It's uh, it's Goldust and Brian Pillman in the next match. The loser has to wear a dress uh, on Raw. And it's it's originally the stipulation was one time it was like it was just a one time thing, uh, but that changes the the next night on Raw. Uh, but I'll, we'll get to that as well. I mean, okay, so obviously the stipulation is not PC today, but in the setting that it was in, in the time that we were in in 1997. 
it was a decent stipulation for what they were trying to do. I mean, especially with gold dust character as it was. Um, and I feel like if anybody were going to play it off and work and address well, it was Brian Pillman in 1997. Um, I thought this was actually a pretty good angle. Like I thought this, this whole thing was, I mean, Brian Pillman was edgy his entire time in WWF this last run, his whole, everything he did was edgy. And so I feel like this was still on the mark. I feel like it, it fit well. And I felt, I felt like they, I mean, they had really good chemistry. Pillman and Goldust had really good chemistry. Any thoughts that you have on that? Lex, are you alive? I mean, at this point, honestly, like Goldust and like Goldust was great, but Pillman was like body was washed at this point. Like, yeah, and it's very apparent in this match. Like physically, Pillman just wasn't it at yeah. this point. Yeah, I mean, the and rest I, I agree with the whole good. like thing. He could the work story was best, good. But if you forget, like literally like 10 years later in 07, they put Big Vito in a dress and like the same fucking gimmick. Yeah, it was bad. But this was way so, better is what I'm saying. <laughs> they really didn't learn much 10 years later, but the match itself, like I said, like really wasn't that much. And like that botched sunset flip, but just eh. Brian Hillman was fucked up at this point. It was a short match, though. I mean, it really wasn't very long. So I, I don't know. It didn't. I, I again, like I agree. Brian Pillman wasn't like frying Brian. He, he wasn't frying Brian. Yeah, he, he was definitely Brian. He was frying Brian. He wasn't yeah. flying Brian. He was definitely frying fucking Brian. God damn it! Oh man, R.I.P. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's so. You've already though. hit a deep two bet in this episode already. Oh, so let's right. just let's just keep it rolling here. The next match on the card is the Legion of Doom versus the Godwins, uh, and it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Again, it's a shorter match. It's less than ten minutes. It's terrible. And the first neck break of the night. Oh yeah, the first neck break of the night is the Henry Godwin. Yeah. He did fall straight his on neck his head. in this match, yeah. and then they like if it's funny the promos pre match they're talking about breaking his neck, which is a- absolutely and they break his neck. But he yeah. literally breaks his neck here. Yeah, and then if you and then know he what heals and comes career, back and works with the LOD. That's his first match back, by the way. Yeah, and he comes back and his neck wasn't fully healed, and he worked for like twelve weeks with a broken yes, neck, and then I literally know. had to retire after that because yeah. yeah. Well, he retired for a long time. He came back in like oh four for like six months or something like that on SmackDown. He was. Did you do you remember that? Henry no, Godwin came back for like a. He's on a couple SmackDowns in like oh four. It's I like, think his neck was just he, shot at that and, point. And the more and, bumps he took, he was just dude, fucked. Oh my god. Okay, like anybody on TikTok right now, go and look up Henry Godwin and like look up his last matches. And it's like it makes like he, it's oh four. By the way, like. I, there's and I know it sounds crazy because it's like that's less than ten years later, dude. It's a 04 and 97 are like worlds different, right? It's 04. No one like and he's still like same music. I want I want to say Hillbilly Jim like came out with him. Like Whoa. it's this yeah. Oh, I swear to God, it, like uh, Rebel Flag like on his right knee or left knee or whatever it was. It's like it makes no sense. And he's just like on TV and he's wrestling randoms and I think he gets like two wins and then takes a loss and then that's it. But it's like, why? It makes no sense. Go check it out. Henry Goblin and like, it's either 04, might have been 05 even. I'm not sure. But it was random time. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's keep it rolling. It's uh, the British Bulldog versus Ken Shamrock in a uh, uh, match for the WWF European Championship. And it's a disqualification after Ken Shamrock, quote unquote, snaps. And they use this footage forever where he just bodies like 12 referees. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, dude, they used to always – dude, that was like in his Titan Tron and everything. Like that was – I re- dude, I remember that as soon as I watched it. I was like, dude, I remember this fucking clip. 
That was that whole like get out of my way, like that whole like thing where he's like, oh, like, crazy and he like screams like get out of my way. Dude, that like, was in W. No, that was his little thing in WWF Attitude, the video oh. game. Like they would have little. Oh yeah. Like, before pre-match, they would say something, and that's he'd say get out of my way, and then like. Oh. Yeah, it's terrible. Class, it's terrible. It's such terrible. an iconic setup. I mean, the match itself was like whatever, but that's that's iconic. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. Uh, the next match here is Los Bariquas, uh versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. They get less than ten minutes in an eight-man tag match. It's a shit show. Everything is terrible. The bumps are clunky. Nobody really wanted to bump for each other. It's like eight guys trying to have chemistry. None of them had chemistry. Uh, the teams themselves didn't have chemistry. It was terrible. This whole thing was awful. Anything to say on this, or can we keep going? I mean, it was just kind of ridiculous because half of these guys were in like the Nation of Domination like two pay-per-views ago. Yeah. So it just it really awful. didn't make much sense. It's like terrible, terrible. Make no sense. Some of the guys in DOA joined with guys who were like skinheads, but they were just in the like, Nation of Domination. This is a downtime for the business. Sense. This is a downtime for WWF. Like WCW is handedly beating them, and then that's when they're like, "Oh, you know what? Let's just bring in like." Let's say, you know what, Savio Vega and Crush, when we had them in the Nation of Domination, that wasn't working. So you know what? Let's just give, we'll them, give them both their own factions. Their own factions. That's a yeah, great what idea. The fuck. Who's Let's great hire a idea bunch was that? Was more that guys, Pritchard? put was that them Bruce on the Pritchard? payroll, and have a gang war on TV because gangs are rap. Did he come popular. with that idea? Is that Bruce Pritchard? I feel like all of that is racist, like kind of like racially driven too, which is also very weird, especially considering the climate now and the climate in 1997. Like was Vince Russo right in 97? Who was yes, doing this shit? A thousand percent. It was Vince. Oh, Russo. so yes. Vince, so it was Vince Russo. Yes. You son of a bitch. That slimy New York son of a bitch. Uh, let's bro, keep it rolling it's here. Okay, bro. We will say this though. I will say this man. And this time, even in 97 and probably forever and always like, the undercard may be shit, and WCWs would have, would have been – at this time, it would have been Eddie and Dean and Ray and Hoovy and Jericho. It would have been killing it in their undercard. Now, the main event here is Bret Hart versus The Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. This match is an absolute banger. It's a really good match. Uh, this is probably the most vicious Bret Hart has ever looked in the WWF ever. Like, it was believable that he was beating the shit out of The Undertaker for the majority of this match. Um and, and honestly, too, like Sean did a great job. I mean, Sean, like, really did play it as a pretty straight referee the entire match up until uh, the finish. And the finish was great. I mean, the massive loogie that Brett hurled in Sean's face. And Sean just had it on his, like, mouth and, like, nose and lip. And it was, like, it, the visual of, like, of all of that was very well done. The finish was very well done. Um, this is what I'll say about this. This... I, I've been we, like, we're about to go into our fifth season, meaning like I've been doing this since 2018. So by the time we get to next year's WrestleMania, it will have been five years that I've been doing the show. This is the only time in five years that I like watched this pay-per-view at the end of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the raw after I want to see what happened. Like I, and I like, by the way, it was fucking awesome. I've watched it like, and I'm already onto the second one because this is the best year in wrestling, dude. And these like these 97 Raws when they were just desperate and just trying to win are so well written. Like they're so good. So hats off to Russo when he was there. Hats off to Vince McMahon for being an absolute shark at this point. This main event was great. What did you think about it, Wex? I mean, it was fucking classic. It was sick. My only gripe though is this was pre. Biker shorts special guest referee Shawn Michaels. He still had on pants. Yeah. And I think biker shorts. I mean, honestly, 
HBK is one of the most iconic special guest referees of all time. Yeah. Like, think about how many big matches he's been special guest referee in. Like, yeah, oh, over yeah. the years. Some, it's crazy. Some, and some it's massive just, ones. And yeah. every time he is, it's a it's a major moment. Every time. Yeah, and he's all yeah exactly. And he's always in, he's involved somehow with the decision, and it's it's great. And the Undertaker at this point, it was like everybody was like pre what they were really gonna be and like break out with in the next yeah. year in '98 because '98, even though '97 is great, I think '98 is the year. yeah. I mean '98 is arguably the best year for like. That, that for WWF ever, like it's probably their best year ever. But for me, because of specifically because I'm such a Shawn Michaels mark, this year is like the year for me. And also speaking of, I don't know how this happened, but we did skip a match. And it was Steve Austin versus Owen Hart. for the. Oh, Air yeah. How did we skip that? What the fuck? I don't know how don't, we did skip we that because. But it's okay because this is our arguably the the most memorable. Uh, honestly, I'm glad we saved it for last because this is the most memorable moment, like the one that stayed in WWE lore till this day. Um, and I and, and honestly, the match is pretty damn good. Like the match it, front from front to back is pretty good. They they they, they got their their tempos great, and then just one fateful spot happens. And um, you know we've all seen the documentaries. We know that you know. Uh, you know, Owen was a ribber and Steve just genuinely thought that he was ribbon that that Owen was going to go to his knees and he was prepped for him to go to his knees, even though Owen did tell him a couple times. No, I'm going to my ass. Um, yeah. And, and then it's crazy. What's really, really crazy about this is five years prior when Stone Cold was in Japan, Masahiro Chono took this exact same move from Austin to sit out pile driver like that the tombstones like way with the front face yeah that fucked him up like and he broke chono's neck and he yeah. told owen like no don't do that i broke chono's neck we should it's it's, it's unsafe we shouldn't do it like that and then yeah. owen did it like that anyways and broke his fucking neck yeah that's crazy i mean it's crazy too because like when you're in a tombstone okay so if you are a worker when you're in a tombstone, you wrap your hands around the belly because you're going to the knees and you can hold yourself around the waist. And you're, I mean, even if the guy giving you the tombstone isn't that smart, like, or that strong, you can hold yourself tight to his body and hopefully soften as much of the blow as you can. If you're going on his ass, you've got to get your hands on the thighs. That way you can kind of push up on impact and not. But if you're, if you're expecting him to go to his knees, then Austin did the right thing. So really, it was a miscommunication thing. Like, I mean, if they had just been like, you know, a little more straight with each other and been like, no, absolutely, I am going to my ass. I think Steve Austin could have protected himself. He could have literally just put his hands on the thighs, pushed up on impact, and it probably would have been fine. Like, Dude, you know what I mean? It's this this moment is so iconic. Like, oh, it's I can so remember, iconic. I had yeah. I had this DVD or maybe a VHS called The Stone Cold Truth based on his book. And yeah. I had like him talking about it, and he was like, he's like. The lights were, he said, the lights were on, but there was nobody home. Yeah. <laughs> it's so classic. The lights uh, were on, but there was nobody home. That's why he said, he said, I couldn't feel my hands. So I, I couldn't use my hands. And I, the head bob. It's, it's not funny, you did, but it's funny. You did the chicken head. You did like the stone coat head bob, too. That's how he's, he's like, I couldn't feel my hands. So I. I couldn't use my hands. Like, of course. Like, it's just oh, so God. funny hearing that. Just that. Oh, it's that's so such good. a classic. 
just it's uh, ingrained into my memory forever that moment and that thing even though i never watched it live but like watching the dvds watching the matches the old school wwe network not that peacock bullshit you know i've definitely watched this shit bullshit. many 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 times and like you said, I'm glad we saved it for last because it's the most iconic match. It signifies the end of the Stone Cold technical wrestling, Stun- the stunning Steve era, just really when he could really get down. And he had to come. Yeah, but arguably, I mean, like, I think the Stone Cold style is what made a lot of 1998, 1998. You know what I mean? Like, I exactly, think exactly. That- and that's ex- what I was going to say, like him changing his style, even though it wasn't as technical. That's what it, it, yeah. it saved his career. It saved the WWF. It really just. Was amazing. No, I totally. Just, I mean, and he, I mean, and he just wrestled at WrestleMania, by the way. He just t- he t- and he took a concrete suplex from Kevin Owens. Yes, uh, like in the crowd. All I'm saying is, people like kind of mean Stone Cold's taking suplexes on concrete. Sting is jumping off the fucking entrance onto people. Like Jeff Hardy's still getting DUIs. Ric Flair's about to have another fucking match. Like it's it's insane. It's Anything's wild. possible it's as wild. long as you keep your body in good shape, which Ric Flair. I'm sorry, you you you're not gonna make it to Puerto Rico. He might. I don't know. He I, he ain't making it past that other match. He might. I will say though, man. Like for me, this SummerSlam sticks out because again, like I mean, after watching this, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch the Raw after, and now I'm like sucked back in. Like I'm. I'm. Like, you're making when we get me off this call, watch the Raw gonna, after. Oh my god, it's so good. Like Tomorrow seriously, like. Dude, it's after so I, good. I, after I put up some and, TikTok and the peacock videos, ones, I might watch some Raw. I might watch some Raw. It's good. Like, just put it on the background. Like, because, uh, like, the wrestling wrestling on Raw did not matter at all. But the, there was the writing was so much better, dude. It oh, was yeah, so I'll just put much on the better. Headphone and listen to Raw. Yeah, yeah, it, you should. You'd love it. Because even the like the commentary during like the random oh, matches Jim that Ross don't matter. Is, mm, I love Jim. He's Ross so good. There. He's so good. He's Vince is so good. K- King is so good. Like, oh. It's so good, man. Uh, Jim Ross now is not so good, but I, I do like how AEW is only putting him on for the final hour. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Even though he still called Brody King Brody Lee a couple times, and I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, Bro. It's rough. You got to stop doing like, that. I kind of, you know, it's I kind of wish he would just retire so he doesn't, like, tarnish his legacy, but you know how people are. They just want to keep going. I wish that he could be Vince. I wish that he could be the guy in Gorilla with the headset on. He should speaking be to That's the commentators. His... That should be his job. Like that should be his job. I mean, he should he be right there the... with Tony. Him and Tony should yeah. be side by side. Yeah, it should really. I mean, I feel like Excalibur could be up there, and that's. I mean, I don't think you need many other people up there. Like, I mean, I think that it should just Excalibur be Taz. and Taz is a good combination. Yes, I, I think like it should just be Taz and Excalibur. Like, I just that's all you need. Like, it makes to me that's the the best possible commentary team right now that you have. At your disposal, I think t- Tony should be your backstage guy. He should be in all the the pre-tape vignettes that you do. He de- he adds value. He depth. Tony Schiavone is doing great. Like when you put him in the right situation as a stick man, he's great. Put him in the ring for live interviews too. He's great. He gets a pop from the crowd. He there's no and I'm not even. He's not even necessarily bad on commentary. It's just that you don't need him, and his style doesn't really lend itself to what the kind of product that you have. Yeah, you and need then Excalibur like, and Taz, like that's Excalibur and Taz, and once someone like Jericho retires from wrestling, he gets yes. transitioned to commentary. Yes, Jericho is the guy naturally. Jericho or Hardy, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy would be a great guy to have on commentary. Honestly, yeah, there's plenty of wrestlers who have enough charisma that you know could transition to commentary easily. But 
I think that Excalibur and Taz can definitely hold it down for a while, and then I don't know which if you still if they're going to keep uh, Caprice Coleman and Enrique for a Ring of Honor. Yes, yeah, I think they should. So, I think they should. I think they should for sure. That'd be a good move. That would be a good move. Well, that's going to do it for us for the uh, the meat and potatoes here. It was uh, Money in the Bank 2022 versus SummerSlam 1997. And 1997 wins every time. It really does. It wins every single time. And uh, yeah, that's it. And we are back. Um, Yeah, what a show, man. What a show. Uh, I feel like there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling these days. Some of it still sucks. Um, And some of it was better in 1997. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, Wex, what would you think, man? Hey, I'll just to say, uh, I just want to mirror the similarities of '97 and uh, this uh, era. Just horrible, bad injuries, like just injuries. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And injuries. It's, it's crazy. Like a lot of people had to step up in these eras, and a lot of people didn't get to. A lot of people then and now aren't going to get to where they should have been earlier in their career because you know, man, fuck. God then, now, injuries. and forever together. Yeah. Then, now, forever together. Woo! Ric Flair's back. Yeah, I love it. Oh, did you see that he's also already booked a match in Puerto Rico on August like fourth or something like that? What the fuck? So it's not his last match? Nope, absolutely not. Bad fucking. He, 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 it's him. I think Rick it's goddamn it's, it's, uh, it's him and Andrade bitch. versus Carlito and somebody else in Puerto Rico. But it's already booked. Carlos Colon is making that cash, baby. I mean, Flair's making that cash. He's already sold so many pre-sales and people are still going to go. By the way, like, if you guys don't go to SummerSlam, you should absolutely should try to go to Ric Flair's last match. Like, yeah, they have to be municipal now. On sale at Municipal, you can get, like, general admission for, like, 30, 40 bucks. I'm definitely going to go. Oh, you got to go. Take seeing Ric Flair die in the ring and not make it to Puerto Rico. You got to go. You got to go. And you got to take some, like, actual crappy cell phone videos. I'm calling it now. He, He may not die in the ring, but he ain't making it to Puerto Rico. You don't think he's going to Puerto Rico <laughs> he, after this? He ain't making it to Puerto Rico. I'm telling you that he might be there, but he ain't competing. Ric they Flair, still- Twinkies and cockroaches survived the apocalypse. I think that that man is making it to Puerto Rico. I think I, I don't know how, but I feel like he's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania again at some point. I don't know. I just feel like it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Man. Announced his opponent, right? No, they haven't announced much nah, of the card they- at all. Yeah, there's like four matches announced, which one of them is his that doesn't have an opponent. Like, wait, what are the other three matches? Do you know? I don't uh, even. Yeah, there's some announced. There's uh, Josh Alexander versus somebody for the Impact World Championship. I can't remember who. Is it Moose? I don't Moose, think. maybe. Um, then there's Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves. That was like the big, you know, mm-hmm. everybody cared about it announcement. There was something else. I, I watched the press scrum and I kind of like glazed through that part of it. But yeah, there's an the impact like back championship match. There's a, there's a women's yeah. a women's match, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it Deanna Perrazzo versus uh, some fucking body? That's the Blanchard. I mean, that would make sense, but. That's I can't right. remember who. I can't remember who. <laughs> I, I just I was just guessing because that's like oh it's Ric Flair I'm sure it's probably Tessa yeah. Blanchard. But. Uh, I think there's uh, Solo, uh Oh or, Phoenix Ray Phoenix is going to be on the card. I didn't see that. I Ray know that, uh, Phoenix, uh, Laredo Kid and Taurus and Bandito in a four way. Hmm. I know that like, Jacob Fatu from pretty fucking cool. 
to be honest. <laughs> I think Jacob Fatu from MLW might be the opponent for Josh Alexander. Yes, you are correct about that. And then we got Davey Boy Smith versus uh, Killer Cross. Davey Boy Smith Jr. Oh, I Bulldog Jr. versus Killer why Cross. Is, uh, why is Jay Lethal not on the card then? Because him and Ric Flair had some – Ric Flair is a, a bitch apparently, and they had some little falling out. And he's like, I didn't put him on the card. He said he had no control. He couldn't make that final decision. Shut the fuck up, Ric Flair. You can't make the final decision in Ric Flair's last match. Suck I my get the, dick, I get the feeling, though, there aren't any like AEW talent on the card though, right? Ray Phoenix. Well, I think that might have something to do with the deal with AAA because you also know that like Forbidden Door, they had to take a bunch of the AAA people off. So oh, you got have, some new Japan. No, you got new Japan talent on the show. Clark Connors versus Rin Narita. So, yeah, maybe that is what it is. Maybe it's a AEW thing. Yeah, I mean, very it possible. Seems I mean, easy. I can understand Tony Khan not wanting uh, his people on the card. Yeah, I totally understand that. Players' last match where he might die in the fucking ring. Yeah, I yeah, get it. I completely understand. Oh that. Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah, what, what if show, it's Shawn Michaels, guys? What if it's Shawn Michaels? What if he is the last opponent? What if they just Hawkeye, like bald as fuck Shawn yes. Michaels in here oh. super kicking him again? I'd pay a hundred dollars to watch it. I'd pay a hundred dollars right now I on pay per view. I don't care. Yeah, right I don't in care. Face instead of yeah, I love and then, you, and then it just goes on to be a year long like uh, just fairgrounds <laughs> like feud, and they end up having like a, a funnel cake match or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then by like the fourth match, Shawn Michaels is just completely fucking blind in that eye. It's just it's fucked at that point. He's yeah. wearing an eye Dude. patch. Got a little pirate gimmick going on. What yeah. if it's Terry Funk? Dude. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that would be the most dislike. Oh, God. That would be so horrible. I would not want to watch that. I would be Terry so upset. Funk. What if it's. Uh, I'm not even going to say it. All right. Let's uh, let's just let's just keep rolling here. It can't be Wahoo McDaniel. HH brother. Not dead yet. Um, yeah. H- can oh, HH come back? Oh, Hogan. Nick yeah, Gage. We can get a, a rematch of their, their TNA match where they bled, like one of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen between two old men. <laughs> Good Jesus God. Christ. What if it's Mongo and they just like roll him out to the ring? I'm just all right, let's Shut keep it going. <laughs> let's keep it going here. Let's keep it going. I think we have a uh, a trivia question here from <laughs> Mr. Wex breaking the loss, and I'm going straight to hell for that one, but I feel God like, damn it, that was a rough one. That was woo. That was a Christian Hill level shit there, but uh, <laughs> God damn. So uh, I got a, I've got a trivia question here. As you guys know, probably you know one of my all time favorite wrestlers is Eddie Guerrero, and as most people may know, he he got in trouble with some drugs and some shit back in the uh, 2000s and left WWE for a while. Had a run on the Indies and actually wrestled for Ring of Honor. Had three matches for Ring of Honor. Ooh. Do you guys know who Eddie Guerrero's last final Ring of Honor opponent was? which was for the vacant uh, IWA Puerto Rico Intercontinental Championship. And he's another – he's a, a fellow – I wouldn't say luchador because he, uh, Eddie's not really a luchador, but he's a fellow Mexican wrestler. He's wrestled for the same promotions and also wrestled for WWE. Who was Eddie Guerrero's final Ring of Honor opponent in his short run briefly in 2002? Is it super crazy? Jesse fucking got it immediately. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't I even know why, dude. But I, I, but I, yeah, super crazy. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So super crazy for the IWA Puerto Rico Intercontinental Championship. That was a deep on the cut. first ever Ring of Honor pay per view. I seem to remember cut. seeing because I remember seeing it was like a three way with Eddie and I want to say like 
maybe AJ and Loki or Danielson and Loki or something like that. Cause I remember like not really knowing who they were too much. And I just watched it because of Guerrero. It's and AJ then, and Loki and Guerrero. It was a, uh, it was a tag match. It was like, uh, hold on. I think it was like AJ and Loki tagging against Eddie and somebody else. I think it's just, I think you're right though. I know. I think it was a three-way. I think it was a three-way. I think it was Loki styles and Guerrero and ring of honor. Okay. Maybe that is what it is. Maybe I got it wrong, but uh, yeah. That's crazy though. Eddie Guerrero's final opponent, Ring of Honor. Just you get it yeah. super fucking crazy. Which, if you uh, get a chance, look up anything Eddie Guerrero from that Ring of Honor sent though. I mean, like he only had like was three, it matches. Four, three matches, three yeah, matches, three matches, and they're all like literally all three of them are ridiculous. I mean, ridiculously good. Uh, yeah, go check that. That out was Prime sure. Eddie, Prime yeah. fucking Eddie. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? I'm all greased up. I feel like we uh, we did a really good job here, and um, next week. We are also going to go back into our Wayback Machine. We've been covering a lot of 1997 on the show, and uh, we've also been covering a lot of 2002. And 2002 SummerSlam is what we'll be covering next week. And that show is the return of the Heartbreak Kid. So for me, I will actually be watching the month's worth of Raw and SmackDowns as well as that SummerSlam just because I'm like – so nerdy about this specific time in my life like it's like this is one of like top five wrestling memories ever for me was this SummerSlam 02 so I'm very 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 excited about it um I feel you as I mentioned yeah this one 97 and 02 the two that pop into mind when I think of SummerSlam so yeah I'm very excited man the street fight Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement facing Triple H in that street fight Arguably, if not the greatest return in the history of professional wrestling ever for anyone. Oh um, shit! Yeah, those fucking jeans. God damn it, Shawn Michaels. So good. And he was—he looked so in shape, though. So like clean. Was, he looked so clean. Just didn't miss a fucking beat. Dude. You know, like, like didn't zero he have a weird haircut, that. right? No, yeah, no, 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 no. That was, was the elimination. Weird hair. It was right yeah. before the weird haircut. Okay. Yes. He definitely had the balding-ish thing going on. But he, but he, he, you know, he was doing the classic Shawn Michaels, the sum up, sum down, you know, like yeah. some, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. half because up, I think, half uh, pony yeah. with the flowing like uh, mullet on the sides, you know. Brown. But it was a little bit shorter. Official like, you know. debut is when he had the fucked up hair, right? Yeah, the poop brown type. Yes. Yeah. yeah when, he won, when he won, when he won the title, street, this was unsanctioned. This was an yes. unsanctioned match. That's correct. That is correct. This wasn't yes. his official return, even though it was his return. Right. Yeah. It was Survivor Series uh, when he had the Dutch boy haircut with the poop brown tights. Yes, I agree. He, yes. Won, he won the belt, so. He did. He won the big gold. Um, and yeah. we're going to get into that, I'm sure, at some point um, in November, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I'm also very excited because uh, SummerSlam is in a few weeks. Um, and that will be the last episode. So covering SummerSlam will be the very last episode of Season 4. And then we'll be moving into Season 5, changing up the format ever so slightly. Um, season five will run from SummerSlam until WrestleMania. Um, and then, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll have to take, uh, a grand look at how everything is going and see, um, you know, just, just, just plan for the future from there. I'm, I'm very excited though. I feel like we got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming. Um, getting a new theme song for season five, some new graphics. Um, I'm excited, man. Season five is, is, uh, is looking, it's looking nice. It's looking nice, looking smooth. Not quite like Ric Flair's last match, but it's nice and smooth. <laughs> I think season Cinco is going to kick butts. I'm super stoked. And we'll be coming off of a gigantic wrestling weekend here in Nashville, like we said at the top of the show. So there will be a ton to get into as we lead into it, I am very sure. 
It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You can always find the show at Kayfabe Comparisons on YouTube and on Facebook. You can find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can find everywhere, like Daniel Daybreak, all all the places. Uh, and then you can find the show at Kayfabe.com on Twitter and Instagram, at Kayfabe.com pod on the TikTok where uh, we do the most uh, interaction, honestly, these days. And I enjoy it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the TikTok. Uh, Lex, where can people find you, man? You can always find your boy Wex Breaking the Lawson at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social media platforms. And as you mentioned on the old Tiki Talk, we are almost up to 200 followers on TikTok. We hit 100 before I knew it. We're almost up to 200. We're at 189, about 190 right now. Let's go. So once we get that, uh, we didn't do anything for 100. We said we're going to do something for 100, but we bullshitted and do anything. So we are going to do something for 200. We'll announce it once we hit it. And we'll get there. You're going to love it. Lex, I, uh, I think you should shave your head at 200, man. Oh, man. I just... Oh, uh, okay. I think that, I think that's, a, that's something that I would like to see. I mean, I could shave my butt or something like that. <laughs> Jesse, where can people find you, man? At Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram. Regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. You can usually find me physically on Elliston Place somewhere most days of the week. Hurry back, exit in. Keep an eye out July 29th at Eastside Bowl for Southern Underground Pro, their next installment in Nashville, Tennessee, same weekend as StarCast and SummerSlam and Ric Flair's last match. That's going to be a ball. And then August 19th at the Exit Inn, we have a big old banger. Look what I did. It's 21st anniversary show, which also features Mr. Daniel Daybreak's new band, The Far Between. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, Barry. Very reputable other bands, and it's going to be big old fun. My birthday weekend. I am super stoked, so we'll see you there. Yep. We're going to have a good time. I love Exit In. I love Barry. I love music. I love Lamp. Uh, let's just keep things going here. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. Yep.